I like backpack companies that just fucking make backpacks. Yeah. And uh, I say that with a, gr- a grain of salt because they are branching into other things. You know, EXO is probably the only one that I know just makes a backpack. But Kefaru spent 20 fucking years making backpacks. Mm-hmm. Stone Glacier spent, Kurt's whole life was developing backpacks. Mm-hmm. Mystery Ranch. Those, those companies, those are the upper echelon, you know? Yeah. And the other people, are they're just trying to me. And now there's Initial Ascent, which I hear is a great backpack. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard of them. Mm-hmm. And they're really stiff. be interesting to try one of those. You but, know, if, if, if you go to the place, if you go to a place to eat, I must be hungry. Jesus. I keep talking about food. If, if you go to a place to eat and the fucking, the name of the restaurant you're walking to is World's Best Cheeseburger, don't order the quesadilla. Yep. You know, I mean- if you're at the world's best cheeseburger place, get a fucking cheeseburger. That's kind of how I see that. Yeah, if you go to get Mexican, you don't get a hamburger. Yeah, exactly. No, no hamburguesa. <laughs> Whatever, the Beano pack thing. Welcome to the Shoot to Hunt podcast with your host, Ryan Avery, a registered Democrat who loves the 6'5 Creedmoor, and the Jacob O'Shaney. His beard is made of the gypsy pubes. But together, they make the number four podcast in all of the US and a a great success. It is a nice. And Buzz is under the table, of course. As Buzz always. Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin. He's uh, under the table. He sits real nice and he doesn't make a lot of noise like most dogs would if they had to sit in here for a couple hours. I'm glad you said he was a dog because that could have been taken out of context yeah it's not a rainbow party (laughs) (laughs) google that up um we've been we've been uh doing a little pre pre pre-talk i guess and covered the gamut on bino packs or bino packs as jake says bino pack pre-drinking we were pre-drinking pre-drinking well he brought up the fact that kafaro just came out with a new bino pack what did you remember the name of it i don't remember the name of it i think he just called it a bino pack Bino pack and uh, we're talking about how you think something has ran its course and all the models are out and boom, Kafaru comes out with a different kind of pack. They're making it just like the the backpack situation here, going down all these damn brands. There's you know 52 brands to weed through. There is, and uh, the, the the problem is, is just like we're going to talk about backpacks today. The problem with bino harnesses is you you're hard to go grab them you can't go grab an fhf they're they're you know they're uh, direct to consumer kafaru is direct to consumer kuyu is direct to consumer so you um i guess you can alaskan guide creations you can find them but most of them are direct to consumer and you have to order it to see yeah. it or go to a show mm-hmm. and uh I've or, been or have a buddy you know have a buddy yeah. that like ryan who has every kafaru pack ever built not everyone but a lot of them yeah a lot of them the uh the bino packs thing is interesting because I don't like the minimalists and a lot of people do. I like to carry a lot of crap. So if I do lose my backpack or something went weird, I could survive off my bino pack. What I thought was interesting when, when Aaron just did his little review of, of their new, I'm going to start saying bino just for. So, so I, 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 I want I want to, I want to uh, podcast at shootunt.com. Jake says Bino harness. I say Bino. <laughs> Can somebody, you know, please, please tell me who's right. I already know, maybe, but you know, maybe it's because I speak a little Spanish. So the I in Spanish is actually an E. Bino. We're bringing up some straight bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so so the, the the thing that I that I recognize when he was going through his spiel is that archery guys when they go on a stock 
they're dropping pack, mm-hmm. grabbing their. So it was a different perspective for me because I don't archery hunt. The fact that you may want some, you may be on a two mile stock if that's what it takes to get to the animal, you know, and you may want some of your survival gear that would have otherwise been in your main pack up on the front of you because you're just going to drop and go. So I hadn't thought about that before. And that was, that was interesting. Very modular. It really is. liked it. And I, in North Idaho, it's really thick. This is probably 2005, six. I dropped my pack, actually shot a bull. I couldn't find my backpack for two fucking hours. <laughs> You know, that was before Onyx and before, you know, GPSs became a thing where you can mark them. Two fucking hours. And of yeah. course, it's camouflage. <laughs> and, you know, North Idaho is a mini rainforest. And I, two hours. I lost those fucking Edo Pures on the first trip that I brought about. Ooh. So then when I went to order that new uh, ATC. Yeah. ATC. When I went to order the new ATC, it's orange from now on. Hell yeah. All my shit's orange. If you look at the, like the jimmies and the pocket, the, the stuff that we're making, you know. Were you elk hunting and you lost them? They were elk hunting at that ranch in Salmon. Oh, yeah. And yeah. me and the kids kind of army crawled up through this sage. And at some point during that army crawl, they fell out. And I didn't have those extra little, yep. obviously, they, they fell out and they were. So it took a dude, I was pissed. I don't, I don't do well uh, emotionally in situations like that, especially if I'm with my family, because I, I, I just, I'm yelling at everybody and where where are they at? Where are they? We're running around trying to retrace steps. And and it was a crazy little stock to get up on the the herd and all that too. So it was, you know, it was emotional. How long did it take you to find them from when you lost them or figured out you lost them? It was a good hour. It was a good hour. Yeah. 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 And and it was just, Mason just happened to walk by him and, uh, but they blended in so well in that sage. And so you ask yourself, why the fuck are they camouflage? Like your gear shouldn't be camouflage. A lot of things shouldn't be camouflaged. It's, mm. it's for the, the human eye, not for the animal's eye. Yeah. So now that little spotter is in orange. And if I had the option to do over again, I'd, I'd get the peers in orange too. Yeah. On knives, knives are one thing that have to be orange because you always know, set them on the ground or you mm-hmm. set them on the animal or your knives need to be orange. I like those Taito finishers because they, they powder coat or Cerakote those in a variety. You get a pink. We have like pink, uh, like hot pink, parakeet green. Just so, cause that's the worst thing you're cutting up an animal and then you, you set it somewhere yep. that, that is, it, you know, you lose it quick. Yep. Happened to me with when me and Foreman Tanya, we uh, shot a bunch of elk really quick and fucking knives everywhere. Knives everywhere, set them down, couldn't find them, picked them up, but luckily they're blaze orange or, you know, that yeah. rock slide, what is zombie green color? That's parakeet green right there. Yep. Cause we were just talking about that for the new builds. We're about ready to paint them. Oh yeah. yeah. New builds. As you guys know, we're shooting the, inter- the uh, night force ELR still challenge and we're going to go with some super soaker <laughs> colored <laughs> rifles, vintage super, super soaker or vintage uh, Nerf gun kind of look stupid, yeah. bright colors, six different colors. It'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll be, uh, you'll notice them. <laughs> Basically said we either better be, Really fucking good or suck really bad. We either got to take first or last <laughs> and talk a lot of shit about it. Ricky Bobby. Shake and bake. We're supposed to be talking about backpacks. Backpacks, all things backpacks. Um, this kind of kind of fall into the thing of uh, what we call, we're not backpacking deconstructed, but. I oh, guess. we're doing gear deconstructed. Gear this will be de- the first episode. Basically, we're going to get to see uh, inside Ryan's brain about all the gear that he's used. We're going to try to uh, bring some experts in. Same thing like we're doing with the rifles and the ammo and all that good stuff, but yes, keep it educational. Yep. I started backpack hunting long before it was cool. 1992-ish. 
Um, I met a man named Dave Vishnesky, and he kind of opened my eyes to, he wasn't doing those big epic trips that we see now, but he would be going into the, going into the North Idaho hunting woods where I grew up. He'd be spending one or two nights and I'd never, for some reason, never clicked in my brain that you should do that, but he was super successful. At one point I'd like to have him, he moved over to Montana, but I'd like to have him on the podcast because he's killed probably 56 points with a stick bow mm-hmm. and he did it all not all backpacking, but a lot of backpacking. And, uh, you know, this was long before people wrote books about it, you know, not knocking Cameron Haynes at all, but long before anything like that came out or, you know, the Aaron Schneiders of the world, you know, on Instagram where they showing you how to do it to where you had to know somebody was doing it or just start doing it on your own. And I don't know if you've been in the woods by yourself, but when you're 1992, I was 17, 16. It's kind of nerve wracking the first time you go in there by yourself and all of a sudden it's dark and the woods is making all kinds of weird ass noises mm-hmm. and people think they're tough or they'll, they'll say that that doesn't affect them. But I'll tell you what, the first time I did it by myself, uh-huh. man, a mouse fart. And I was like, oh my <laughs> God, Bigfoot's here. <laughs> How old were you then? Uh, 1992, I was 16, 17. Okay. Yeah. I remember my first time too. It wasn't surprisingly... And I started really late, so it's not the same. I already had a family and stuff, but it surprisingly, it had nothing to do with fear of where I was. It was more this emotional, I was immediately homesick. Oh, That was the first thing that ever got me. I wasn't fucking scared of mouse farts or whatever noises that we were hearing. Like, Uh. and it still happens to this day, even if, even if I'm, if me and Mason out or whatever, uh, yeah, just literally missing home. Like on the, like where you, you get emotional, you feel like the, the tears starting behind your eyeballs. Yeah. Like I get that feeling a lot. Do you, does it like, cause I've, I don't suffer from that, but do you have like a guilt? Like you're not home or just, you, you miss to, like food or interactions or what? I try to figure it out because you, you imagine that. And I heard somebody else talk about this before. If, if, if your home life or if everything is not squared away in your life and once you get out on your own, like that stuff comes to the surface and. I don't, I'm a very open book. I think, you know, by now, you know, I'm not, I don't have shit to hide. I don't, I don't do things I'm not supposed to do. And, and when I get out there, it's just, I guess it's because you spend so much time in one place, especially with me. Like I, so I work with my wife and mm-hmm. we live five minutes from home and all this good shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just get out and. Is it like a schedule thing? You think you're out of your norm? It's hard to say. I think, okay. I will say I, I've thought about when you're out on a hunt and, you know, day one unsuccessful, day two unsuccessful. You don't see any animals. That that kind of, everything kind of compounds, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to. I I do get like that. If I have like something left undone where they talk, I think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Or say me and Tanya got in a big argument, which we don't do much anymore. But you'd think about that. And I can't say it's ever, I never came home early from that. Because I, I have, I do have a very selfish bone in my body. So. <laughs> I go hunting a lot more than most people, especially now, but I get what you're saying. Mine was general. I'd never been there. I was young. I was, you know, lots of people, your whole life, you grow up, you're around people, noises and shit in a town. Most people every day. And all of a sudden you're in the middle of nowhere and it's dark and there's Mm -hmm. all these noises you've never heard before. And I was 16 and thought I was tough. And then, I didn't sleep much the first couple times I did that. <laughs> and then eventually it just became the norm. Like, and now I don't even give it like a second thought. Like yeah. it doesn't even enter my mind, but I have hunted with people that are scared of the dark. Sorry, Caleb, <laughs> Caleb Hollett, but he, 
<laughs> Dude, he's scared of the dark and it cracks me up. I hunted with a guy that that played, uh, well, he made it to a practice. So he did play pro football. He's like 6'6", 200 and probably 320 fucking pounds. Mm-hmm. And that dude... As soon as it got dark, all of a sudden he was right on my heels coming down the trails. And I was like, dear God, don't fucking fall on me because he was scared of the dark. So it does happen. But Mm -hmm. it's a thing where the more you do it, it just kind of fades away. And then you become to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So I was asking you earlier, because I know you've done a lot of backpacking. um, The most I've ever been by myself without being any kind of resupply, they say, is eight days. And it was taxing. That's a lot. Yeah, because there's a difference, we know, in backpacking side is backpacking, you don't have any of the optics, you don't have any of, you know, you usually don't have knives, so you don't have to have a backpack that's a little sturdier to carry meat. You don't have any rifle, you don't have the, you know, the ammunition that goes along with it or bow or whatever you're using. So there is a kill kit. I mean, you're, what would you say? There's a 50, probably 50% more poundage in a hunting setup? At least, yeah. So at the time when, when we started backpacking, I did a lot of research on ultralight and, you know, Mason and I went on some trips together and, and I had a, I bought a Z-Packs backpack when they kind of first started, when they would still do some customization for you. Now they, you know, they're big now and they're Dyneema. Very, yeah, it was Dyneema. Uh-huh. Um, I don't remember the name of the pack exactly, but my, I was carrying food. So we did 70 miles on the John Muir Trail, Mason and I, when he was six and it was seven days, but we had a resupply in the middle. But I did have to carry food for both of us. Now, even though he was six, you know, he was probably a hundred pounds at that time and the kid could eat, you know, so yeah, um, carrying food and then it had to be in a bear vault. You had to have your food in a bear safe container while hiking. And if you saw uh, some type of forest ranger, they could mm-hmm. get you and kick you off if you didn't have one. Like, what is that? I've never seen so that. So there's a bear vault BV 500. It's like a plastic drum about yay big. And has a, a lid that spins off and you have to push in a lock to get it to spin off. So basically a grizzly, a bear, mm-hmm. you know, can't bear get proof. into your food. Yeah, it's bear proof. So you could just set that. Or they had, uh, there's another uh, bear proof container called an Ursac. It's U-R-Sac. Um, and it's like a Kevlar woven bag with a tie so that you can lift it up in the tree and things like that. But that one wasn't accepted at the time. Gotcha. Huh. But yeah, so unsupported, I've only been out a few days. Yeah, eight days, and I my pack was like seventy six pounds, and it was mostly food. Mm. And what I, is it? Two pounds? Two pounds? Two pounds? Two point five pounds? Two and a half pounds per person think, per think, day. That's what I think. What mine was <clears throat> mostly food, but like my normal loadout was pretty much for any backpack hunting was like forty to forty six pounds, depends on what I was doing. That fucking backpack was a pound. The whole damn backpack was a pound? The whole backpack was so a pound. So was there pound. any stays? Was there any was there, there is. They were like uh, just a thin vertical stay. It was carbon fiber, and it just clipped in and then clipped in. Uh, it was a very light webbing that kind of kept the pack off your back. Uh, you know, it was something like 40, 50 liters. Gotcha. And it was just it was a straight Dyneema tube, and then it had a net on the outside like a catch-all. That was it. Yeah, you're not packing any meat in that bad boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's where I, I had that Ghost Whisperer. Yep. That's when I got that, what do you call Mountain Hardware. Yep. That's when I bought one of those because that was the best thing out there. Lightest. Wait, wait a minute. How the fuck did you fit in a Ghost Whisperer? Dude, it's actually, it's like a, well, I was, I was 200 pounds back then when we were doing that. I yeah, got to show you a picture of me and Mason starting that. Uh, John dude, Beer but yeah, you, I mean, I've had a Ghost Whisperer and yeah. I was not, I was probably, well, I was probably 200 pounds also, but just shoulder wise, I could barely get the damn thing zipped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, built for 11 year old European girls. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. So, so that, you know, starting off backpacking that way, that's a completely different perspective than this. And I had no idea what I needed for a hunting backpack. So at the time, you know, you said you were using Gafaru and yeah, well, give it a go. Like when I first started back, the, the popular pack was called a blue widow. And I do believe Glenn Everly does build a good backpack as far as durability. It's built well. The problem with the Everly stock is there's no load lifters. And it's kind of a, it's not a, at the time, it's kind of a one size fits all on the belt. And it gave me the worst strawberries on my hips, packing elk meat. And um, if you don't know what load lifters are, basically a load lifter is a strap that comes off your shoulders that basically the frame goes above your the top of your shoulders and it kind of sits, you know, you want it to sit at least two inches, but, you know, preferably four inches is better to get a 45 degree angle. So basically when you pull those loads, they sit on your harness. So imagine a strap coming over your shoulder and then there's these straps above that and you pull on them and it pulls that frame and it literally pulls the, so the harness up off of your shoulders and puts all the weight on your hips. Mm-hmm. And Everly Stock did not have, and I'm only 5'8". They didn't have, they didn't have nothing even to fit a 5'8 guy. I mean, a guy like you that's 6'3", 6', whatever you are, 6'4". Yeah, you guys can have problems with load lifters because you're long torsos. Well, I was 5'8", and Everly Stock still didn't have any load lifters. So mm-hmm. all that weight was either on your shoulders, and you you can try to fudge it and try to, you know, make the frame pull a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it, anyways, it'd go to your hips, and the belt wasn't great. And I'm not knocking on Everly Stock. They do build a good pack. The problem is, is no, no load lifters, and it's kind of one size fits all. And it did give me the worst strawberries. Mm-hmm. But after that, I remember where, where the hell were we going with this? I don't remember. I don't know. You were talking talking about how you started. Oh yeah. That's how I started. And and some of my loadouts were ridiculous. I would have, you know, you think what they call the good idea fairy or you, you you pack your fears because (laughs) I would have, you know, cans of food and my buddy Dave that taught it, he's actually quite a bit older than me. He wasn't like a ultra light guy by any means. So we were packing, you know, full candy bars, full size <laughs> cans of food. You know, I used the um, old gas kind of, you know, any kind of fuel multi-stove. Mm-hmm. We were using, not exactly, We I did have a down, I can't remember the sleeping bag, but I had a down sleeping bag in it, but it wasn't light. No, nothing about it was light. Like we would literally go for two days and have 80 pound packs. <laughs> so that, and then if you, God forbid, you did kill an animal, which we did, uh-huh. then you have your whole load out of your 80 plus a quarter, 80 plus a quarter. And then, um, I think that's the most unique trait of a hunting backpack is it needs to have the ability to go from 50 pounds to 150. And that's, it sits so different on you. Yeah. Everything about it with that additional hundred pounds of a, what is it? What is a rear air elk quarter weigh? We're going to call it 75 Bowing pounds. In, yeah. A hundred. So yeah. you throw an additional hundred on top of what you thought you had. And all of a sudden everything sits different. Oh yeah. You, you see all your backpack flaws when you have a hundred mm. hell when you have, you can tell at 75 pounds, what's flawing, you know, where a hot spot's going to be. If your load lifters work, if you have any load lifters at all. Mm. But after that, Everly stock, I went to a, I believe it's a Kelty. It's a popular Kelty brand. And you know, you've seen Kelty's are like REI and shit and it did have a little better load lifters and it did, it, you know, is in traditional uh, Everly stock, like a blue widow. Um, they have a pack called Blue Widow and the Just One. That they Blue still Widow, make that Blue Widow? I, I don't think so, but the Just One is very similar. And that had the gun frame in it, but I was bow hunting at the time. So I had the Blue Widow. It didn't have the actual scabbard frame. But instead of like most traditional backpacking packs that are 
long and skinny. Mm -hmm. This got wider. So imagine me at five eight, and this I look like a fucking mutant ninja turtle. (laughs) (laughs) Big old shell on your back. (laughs) Big old weeble wobble (laughs) shell, and it was it was not balanced well. I didn't pack it well. I didn't I didn't know shit from Chanel. Or I didn't pack you know I didn't pack the heavy stuff in the mid to the high. I packed the midi you know the heavy stuff down the bottom. Um, But when I got that Kelty, was the first time I noticed that. You know, nobody was telling me about load lifters. I just kind of figured it out on my own. I was like, man, this son of a bitch, when I get that load on there and I pull these straps, I noticed that my hip, you know, you're, you get that shoulder fatigue and just, you know, you'd see the classic guy leaning forward when he's packing heavy weights. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't getting that. And that kind of spurred me into when Kefaru came out, you know, contrary to proper belief, one of the first hunting companies was Kefaru that was direct to market. Patrick Smith started Kefaru, I believe in 1996 or 95. And I bought my first, it was called a long hunter. I think it was called long hunter It's probably 98 ish. Hmm. Yep. And, uh, it was spendy spendy at that time. It was probably 400 bucks, 450 bucks. Wow. And, uh, luckily, uh, I was newly married. We can actually so, kind of compare that, that, that money. So I have, I have a, a, a some type of comparison here, right? So, so uh-huh. sausage and muffin with egg. <laughs> You fat bastard. They were fucking two for two, right? They were two for two. Now you could get one for four fifty. So it's if you think about that, they were a dollar each when you said you bought that backpack, and now they're four fifty. Yeah, that's three hundred and fifty or four hundred fifty percent. Yeah, well now they're eight hundred, eight hundred fifty bucks for that same general backpack. There you go. You know? yeah, yeah. So they're double, <laughs> just like your fucking what you said, egg McMuffin, a sausage McMuffin, sausage egg McMuffin. man. I don't know what it is about it. I love it. I love a sausage McMuffin. Egg. Oh, dude, I like. Why we always got to go back to food? I don't know because like the English muffin is a little chewy, and then you get like the the intense flavor of the sausage, and then you think you're eating healthy because there's a little egg in there. Then they put that nice processed American cheese. It's not even really cheese, and it just kind of... Shit lives forever. Oh, yeah. That's good shit. All right. <laughs> back to back. So, I got... I believe it was a long hunter. Don't quote me. I'm pretty sure. And off and on, I pretty much stayed with that. That backpack lasted me, dang, for forever until I bought a... I think it was... ER extended mission ruck or EMR or anyways, I'd used a Kafaru forever long before I'd met Aaron long before I knew anything about really, you know, the nuts and bolts of Kafaru. And, uh, I've used other packs along the way. And I know you have a whole list of backpacks over there, but, um, everything I tried just came back to Kafaru fits me better. Mm-hmm. I think the moral of the story, if you're starting to look for packs, you need to go to a show, you need to go to the pl- a place where there's lots and lots of backpacks because I've tried, <clears throat> I've, there's probably not a pack I had on my back outside of Kafaru, probably the best pack that fits my body. I got a big butt. I got a shelf, butt. I don't have a flat ass. I have a fucking bubble, butt. <laughs> like, so you, you, you gotta know that like you, you have like no ass at all. So you have a flat back. I, you got to know what you have, like a stone glacier, you know, their X curve fits me really well. They came out with a terminus. It's kind of like the cutthroat. It fits me really well. I like a big lumbar pack. You may not like a big lumbar pack. You may not like foam in your shoulder packs. I do. What I think I really don't like is I hate a frame that wibble. It has wobble. Mm-hmm. I want that fucker stiff. I don't mm-hmm. want any, you ever walking, especially you don't notice it until you get like 40 pounds in a backpack. You ever walking along and you have a backpack that's not quite stiff enough and it's like vibrating while you're walking. You ever mm-hmm. feel that? Yeah. I feel I actually move 
Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying yep. because that freaking Z packs did yep. that because of the way that frame was designed when it was fully loaded, that whole pack would shimmy on that, on that frame. Well, there's this other, there's a podcast and I can't, it's called uphill something. And they talk about how when that happens to you, that's actually robbing energy from you. Oh, I bet. So you because do, you're using your core, you got to use your core to stabilize yep. that. So you don't, it doesn't matter if you're going a mile, but if you're going 12, 15 miles that anyways, when I run like a Faru, you know, like a stone glacier, I, st- I kind of get it with a stone glacier sometimes because they're meant ultralight. Anyways, long story short, I do not get that with the Kafaru because it is, even in their old bikini frame they came out with, there's no vibration. Mm-hmm. So basically it's kind of like boots. There's no one size fits all. You have to put a lot of, a lot of backpacks on your, pe- on your back and you need to do it with 40 plus pounds and walk around with it. Mm-hmm. You can't put in 20 pounds or you just can't throw it on your back and say, Oh, this fits like a glove because there's no pressure there. They tell you all the same stuff when it comes to just, if you were to walk into an REI and you're looking at Gregory packs and all the stuff that they're doing, you know, they'll have a bunch of weighted big bags and pillows and shit. So yeah, you're supposed to load it down with what you think and then walk around with it and make sure it doesn't rub. And Mm -hmm. it's just like anything else, shoes and everything else, you know, it's uh, it definitely is not a one size fits all or one backpack fits everybody. No. And people like everybody loves Exos and I think that's a great company, Mm -hmm. but I've, either been had them in my in my possession or they they came to me for you know go to review not necessarily the more they're going to justin now but they don't they just don't fit me and but they may fit you awesome mm-hmm. but that's the thing you got to find out i love kafaru kafaru may not fit you or mason or luke or tanya or whoever you've got to put them on your back mm-hmm. and you got another thing that i see all the time is a not properly adjusted She'll see a picture of, you know, these fucking influencers and their shoulder strap will have a three inch gap above their shoulder. And you're like, well, fuck. She'll be like, this is the greatest backpack ever. And that bitch has the fucking backpack on completely wrong. <laughs> uh, I got a little sided there, but the, you got to have it adjusted properly. And if that means you have to go to a show and have, you know, Stone Glacier or Kafaru or whoever actually adjust it to your body size. Like T- Tanya has a uh, 22 mag. And I thought it was adjusted right, but we went down to a show and Frank, <clears throat> when he's working at Kafaru, he actually adjusted Tanya's to where it actually fit right. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad, that's the downside of Kafaru is it's, it is a little harder to adjust to get it right because there's no Velcro like on the XO or there's a few other brands like Stone Glacier, Kuyu's, Kuyu has a, a decent pack. Um, they have Velcro, you can just pull it, slide it, put it back on your back where the Kafaru does take a little more finesse to get those straps right. Mm-hmm. Another thing Kefaro does that I, the reason I like Kefaro is they don't use big molded f- fucking foam in their harnesses, their uh, shoulder harnesses. And a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And that foam to me, A, I'm, I'm a sweater, you're a sweater, catches a lot of sweat and B, to me, it like puts extra pressure. I think when they're, when the pack is new, that's kind of a selling point. Like somebody will put that pack on and that extra cushion that's there makes it feel Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, less heavy than it really is. I think, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then it breaks I, down over time. And and there's like, you got to decide what you're, if you're going sheep hunting, you know, because the big knock on Kafaru, say, and in and, and Mystery, Mystery Ranch back in the day, well, the Mystery Ranch is still heavy. But a Kafaru was, you know, six, eight pounds, just the bag alone with the frame to where the, the other side went in like Kuyu. They came out, you know, 2012. Well, their first generations of pack were horrendously bad at breaking terribly bad and I mean, they've gotten much much better with their carbon there's a carbon frame but but them like stone glacier they were looking at a different customer 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't a guy, you know, like they weren't doing tactical missions. They weren't doing elk hunts where they're throwing packs in and out of freaking in and out, or I guess tactical wise, they're not riding on horses. They're not throwing packs around at a camp. They're going sheep hunting where every, every ounce matters. You know, mm-hmm. that was Kuyu's model stone glacier. If you met Kurt, he's all about ultralight and sheep hunts lightweight as possible. Even on his elk hunts, it's lightweight as possible to where to me, that's outside of the, the use case, if you're going to be hunting elk for 100 days a year or 80 days a year, you're probably going to wear out those packs faster than a mystery ranch or a freaking kafir that's using straight 500D, mm-hmm. little beefier connection points. But you can't have it both ways. You can't have, you know, a three and a half pound pack that's going to last you forever. Yeah. So that durability comes in five and six and seven pounds where now though, like the terminus from, from Stone Glacier and the cutthroat, you know, they're going to have a 7,200 cutthroat soon, I hope. Those are going to be three, you know, four, sub four pounds. You do lose the, the addition of being, you know, putting, there's no place to put it inside the frame. There's no load lift or no load uh, shelf. Mm-hmm. So you are going to lose that with internal frame, but there is no question in my opinion that an internal frame is more comfortable than an external frame. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you've ran with an external frame, but you've run the, the uh, cutthroat a lot. That That's, I imagine pretty comfortable to you. Oh yeah. Well, for me and Mason, in fact, yep. between the three of us, and uh, I don't think we have similar body types, so it, you know it, it fits a wide variety. I think for sure, they just run tighter to your body, mm. and they just I don't know. There just seems to be clunkier when I have a f- external frame, and people will argue till the day is long about that. But when I ran, the, I ran the terminus for a little bit. Fits like a glove. The thing about the thing on the terminus is it does. It's built for speed, man. So I get that little bit of flex. Mm-hmm. And I don't get that flex in the uh, cutthroat. My question, like my question, I have those, when I get that seventy two hundred. Will it have any of that flex? Because it's you know more bag. Yeah, I don't think it will. Fires just really fit me well. I hope not, because then it'll be perfect. So I have this list of. I bit. I basically did a quick five ten minute search on Google just on hunting packs and came up with a a list of features and a list of brands that you know if a guy was just starting off. And just started hunting. He's looking for his first hunting pack. You know, this is the kind of shit that somebody's going to run into. So many, so many fucking features and so many options from manufacturers. So, some of the names that come up: uh, Burla Stock. You were talking about that. Badlands. I think Bad. You know, Badlands I, is uh, the problem with Badlands is their zippers. Okay, I'll take this back. Ten years, <laughs> their zippers are horrendously bad and they kept breaking. Uh huh. Maybe they fixed that. Maybe they didn't. Yeah. I don't think Badlands in the upper echelons of backpacks just my opinion when i hear badlands i i can see so they have some different i picture some red on some camo they have like a red logo and you see these to me this is like a cabela's pack or or i don't want to say walmart but it's a it's a it's a retail store front type of pack the rei have the hunting yes version pack exactly and that being said, so, so as we go through these brands, I guess in my personal opinion, so Stone Glacier, we okay. already talked about, Exo Good Mountain, pack. Kafaru, Kuyu, Mystery Ranch, Sitka makes some hunting packs. Yep. There's this brand called Alps. Yep. You have any experience with those? They're like Badlands. Okay. Same kind of level. Seek Outside is making yep. some stuff now. Good stuff. Uh, Outdoorsman's. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. Outdoorsman's. This, this, I like backpack companies. 
that just fucking make backpacks. Yeah. And uh, I say that with a great grain of salt because they are branching into other things. You know, EXO is probably the only one that I know just makes a backpack. But Kefaru spent 20 fucking years making backpacks. Mm-hmm. Stone Glacier spent, Kurt's whole life was developing backpacks. Mm-hmm. Mystery Ranch. Those, those companies, those are the upper echelon, you know. Yep. And the other people, are they're just trying to me. And now there's Initial Ascent, which I hear is a great backpack. I don't know mm. if you've heard of them. Mm. And they're really stiff. be interesting to try one of those. You but, know, if, if, if you go to the place, if you go to a place to eat, I must be hungry. Jesus. keep talking about food. If, if you go to a place to eat and the fucking, the name of the restaurant you're walking to is World's Best Cheeseburger, don't order the quesadilla. Yep. You know, I mean. If you're at the world's best cheeseburger place, get a fucking cheeseburger. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah. If you go to get Mexican, you don't get a hamburger. Yeah, exactly. No, no hamburguesa. <laughs> Whatever. It was a Beano pack thing. <laughs> okay. So that being said, I don't have a huge amount of experience. So I'd consider my, you know, my opinions to be from the layman side or the beginning mm-hmm. side. And, you know, in the initial research that I did, there were, well, technically, Kuyu could have been a fourth, but there were really three companies that stood out, Kafaru, Exo Mountain, and Stone Glacier. Now, of course, we're in Idaho, so I spent a lot of time looking at Exo. Right. They're, made, they're made here in Idaho. Great well, maybe, Yeah. And, and what I kind of saw was Kafaru is the brick shit house. Yep. And that's my experience so far using them also. Uh, Exo Mountain is kind of middle of the road, so middle of the road weight. And then mm-hmm. you get to the stone glacier who's going after the ultralight stuff. Mm-hmm. So knowing that I was buying for my boy and myself and we're elk hunting and you're putting hundred pound quarters in there, I kind of wanted to go with the toughest thing out there. And I will tell you that we've beat the shit out of those cutthroats and thrown. I had a, I had all four deer quarters in the main compartment on mine when, <laughs> and it was blood soaked and it, it took every bit of it. Didn't change the position on my back. And when we got home, I hosed it out. All the blood came out and it was good as new. And, you know, the experience so far with Kefaru has been fantastic. Now, that being said, that's really the only high quality backpack I've Mm -hmm. had. And when Exo Mountain just released this new K4, Mm -hmm. talking to to people and hunters and and, and for a few years now, I think that Exo Mountain would probably be the only other one that I would want to try just to see how it did compared to to what I have from Kefaru. But that would be my my beginning opinion. Yeah, I don't think... Those three you mentioned, though, you can't go wrong. They're definitely the most popular three on Rockslide. And Kuyu seemed to be, Kuyu did not have the feature set that some of these other ones did. And it was more like if you had Kuyu camo mm-hmm. clothing already, those guys may be inclined to go with Kuyu yep. to, to, to be matchy-matchy, you know, head to toe. Yeah. If you go back four years ago, I'd have said, mm, I don't know about that backpack, but I do know some pretty pretty impressive hunters that are wearing out, you know, putting some effort into Kuyu and they're doing well, mm-hmm. but it comes to a fit thing. I've tried the pro. I, like I said, it comes back to, you've got to put it on your back, mm-hmm. but you really can't go wrong with the three you talked about. Mm-hmm. And even a Kuyu, unless you're doing tons and tons and tons of, I would say elk hunting or, you know, heavy, heavy loads. I would look more towards those three we talked about mm-hmm. because I do think, I think that don't quote me on this, but the Kuyu is using like 380, three, mm. like a lighter material. Um, I am somewhat, <clears throat> I, I take all those uh, Kent or uh, Kurt's word for it, but they're using a lighter waterproof material, like on the terminus. But I did already notice some abrasion in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have ripped the bottom out of some of the stone glaciers, 
but it was, there's always that trade-off. Yeah. Abuse. You, yeah. You can't Lightweight versus durability. Yeah, you can't get away from it. You have to choose stone glacier makes a fantastic backpack. EXO. Mm. I've never actually hunted with an EXO backpack, but from everybody that I know, fantastic backpack, but I do know this. I have beat the fuck out of Kefaru. Probably pack 40 to 50 elk with a Kefaru backpack. They have never failed me. Mm-hmm. Not one time. Even if they do fail, I'm sure they had a full. The only thing I've ever done was I broke the belt, but that was me, me stepping on the belt buckle. Oh, okay. But you always get an extra belt buckle. Weigh nothing. Get an uh, extra. That's a tip for everybody. Because uh, if you can't buckle that fucker up when you have meat, done. you're in trouble. It's all shoulder. Yeah. Always ask for an extra belt buckle. And when you order it, a lot of times they'll. I mean, they'll probably kill me for this, but they'll give you one if you put it in there in the notes. Say, hey, uh, give me. And I would do that with everybody. Get an extra belt buckle because uh, if that breaks, you are screwed. Huh. That's a good point. Yep. So yeah, so those were all the brands, and I'm and and of course I missed a bunch of brands, but just with a quick right. Google search and a little bit of knowledge, you know, this is what the the beginning hunter is is presented with, and there's so many fucking choices. So if you're you know on the lower end of the budget line that's where the aberla stocks and the badlands sick is not cheap that's for sure i don't know much no. about the alps but you know there's a f- couple on here that might be towards the cheaper side yeah i i wouldn't steer anybody towards the badlands just my experience unless they vastly change which i have seen nothing to indicate that mm-hmm. like an eberly stock for that price point if that's your budget it's not going to break on you they're mm-hmm. very well built mm-hmm. they're just not um built to be on yeah. The most dynamic on a human body, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But the uh, Alps, I've never you had an Alps. But REI has, if you like the Kelty, the Kelty brands. Um, there's a brand I'm missing that I own for a brief period of time that REI sells. But anyways, there's lots of good mid level. You know that three to. I would say four to 500 bucks now. And it doesn't have to be a hunting specific no. backpack, really, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. We're already running the cut through the cutthroat that doesn't have a load shelf. So it's basically a great, like we had Gregory's back in the day when we were, you know. Gregory. Yeah, yeah. Gregory's a yep. good brand. Yeah, Very good a, backpack. You don't, go hunting. Mm. Figure out what doesn't work. Yeah. And you'll figure, if you buy shit that's not up to par, you'll figure it out really quickly. Yeah. What you don't want to do is get in a situation where something is catastrophically breaking. And yeah. really, if you go to REI in any of those level, like if you go to a, a garage sale and you buy some random pack, yeah, you could run into trouble. I'm going to say that I think that any backpack you would find at REI is not made to carry an elk rear quarter. No. It doesn't matter how you want to sugarcoat that shit. Not well. It's not made for it. No. That's the big difference, I think, from the Kafara with a big, big ass lumber pad. I like that. But when you suck that thing down, it doesn't matter if it was 40 pounds or, or 140. To me, it almost feels the same. Of course, it's heavier and you feel it, but right. the, the position of the pack on you and the way it moves is about the same. The biggest difference, remember when we shot the bull in Montana mm-hmm. and I was packing it out with the head mm-hmm. on that fucking cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Fucking cutthroat's not designed to do that. No. That's what, but the frame is built to do that. Yeah. It's tough enough. If you put that on a Gregory or a fucking Kelty. I remember Ash, you're just like falling down the mountain when we were coming down. Yep. You shot that. That was the worst spot. Well, yeah, but I'm just on the backpack front. That's where you, that's where that robustness comes uh. in. That does that pack is not designed to do that. Let's go back and talk about that elk a little bit. So, so you're nine miles away from me. Yeah. I'm at the trailhead and yeah. then you get the, we get this in reach message bull down. No, you called me. <laughs> yeah. You had service. I said, I'm about to shoot a bull at a really bad spot. <sighs> 
And that's the part where they say, oh, congratulations, Ryan. So happy for you. Well, and the, remember we were having trouble with the goats at the time and, and we didn't know how exactly we were going to get it out. Oh my goodness. That was rough. Even, if, even Buzz looked at me and said, you're a dumb son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. tell you got to tell her. So, so you gutted it, right? Gutted it. Gutted it that night. But then when you went back the next day, the fucker was frozen solid. Solid. I had to start a fire. I had to start a freaking fire to cut him up and melt and basically defrost him. Yeah. And uh, I. And it was on the fucking. It was a steep side mountain. It yep. was. Yeah. I had to defrost him. I had to start a fire. And I like. I was cutting him up at home. And I noticed like all the sinew where he like. <laughs> it was like all burnt and crispy. Because it's like freaking where his legs were. Like the hawks of his legs were like solid. Yeah. Yeah, it was a disaster. Yeah. But hey, that's the shit you remember. That was but, a nice bowl, though. Yeah, he's like three, just under 330. Good bowl. I uh -huh. saw 40, 41 bulls together. Super secret spot. Secret swirl. But that pack, and anyways, that cutthroat, 4,000 cubes, wasn't designed to do that. If you take eight, most REIs, you know, the, the Kafir has huge beefy zippers, the mm. frames design, the sewing 500 D it's just a hardy pack. And I'm, I'm not trying to pump up Kafir. It's just what I've used the most because it fits me the best mm. and it's never failed me, mm -hmm. but those are, that's what you're looking for. So if you're the guy that's going multiple elk hunts in a row, multiple years in a row. And you want shit that don't, when you talked about stuff that fails, like almost so more, one thing Mason and I do is every trip we go on and we're on our way out or, or we're back home or whatever, or driving home, we always talk about what worked and what didn't. And that would work. You're constantly, even after just a few years of hunting, we're still refining. Oh, we didn't use this. We didn't use this. Uh, this broke. This would have been better. You're just always refining your kit. Yep. It's constantly it. tweaking it. That's part of the fun, right? Because we get to think about this and talk about it the whole time. We're not actually hunting. And then you talk about it even when you, when you are hunting. It's so fun. There's an actual website about it. Rockslide.com. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so back, obviously if you had some catastrophic failure, like your main compartment bottom fucking blew out, you know, that would ruin a trip. You got, yep. you know, nine miles in for your elk. If any one of our backpacks would have failed, we had a we had a goat that just refused to to move forward, and we had to take his quarters and put them in our packs. Yep, we weren't really heavy at the time. We're just, but you never know what's going to happen. The pack needs to be able to take it. Yes. So that takes us into we talked about a lot of brands. Uh, so taking us into features, we already talked a bit about weight between the brands. If you're you know Stone Glacier Kuyu is designed for sheep hunters and minimalistic you know yep. ultralight type of gear. Yeah. So if you're that type of guy, you're going to spend the money to lose the weight, but you're going to sacrifice durability. Oh yeah. Losing ounces costs money. Mm -hmm. So again, cost, you know, we talked about a, a Kafaru pack. If you get the frame separate from the bag, where are we at? Like seven, 800 bucks. Yeah. I'd say you're solid 800 bucks. A cutthroat is 600. Oh shit. I should have looked it up. So the Luke, difference between hey, Luke, a cutthroat. Luke, bring up a, bring up a cutthroat from Kafaru. Yeah. But the cutthroat is remember well, it's an integrated frame it's an internal frame there's no load shelf mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't like that i just i'll put the freaking quarter right well the they bag. have a um i don't know why i'm spacing it they have a thing you that told me about that like x web thing oh, i've used it so much anyways they have a thing that goes on the outside to grab your <clears throat> i'll go up for the price at five oh shit they're oh, giving it away bad. click uh click large does it change with your yeah, five hundred bucks. It's that funny. Is, it's funny they have five point eight pounds because mine is like four point seven. So maybe they changed something. Hmm. But I yeah. think that that pack for five hundred bucks would be extremely hard to beat. And I imagine when they come out with the bigger one, how many? So that's forty fifty. 
Yeah. The and bigger one's going to be 72. Yep. And I don't know if that includes the side pockets or not. Oh, I don't think you're going to get any pockets with that guy. No, I mean the side. I don't know if the 40, the 40, 50 oh, cubes in the actual side pocket. Gotcha. But uh, that pack is probably for me carried out eight elk, six, eh, maybe eight elk. Yeah, but I think for that price at 500, but that's what a Gregory costs nowadays. It'll be, you'd be really hard pressed to find a better value for that type of money. No, that thing is for, it's a little war horse for that. It's an impressive little pack. We're actually hopefully going to have some Kafaru stuff in the retail store pretty soon for you guys to try on. Uh, probably, you know, it's not going to be available on the website. This is going to be for in-person only type of sales and trying stuff on and, and touchy feely, but we're working on that right you can now. Come check out a Beano harness. A Beano. Gonna... <laughs> okay. I grab it. So that thing I'll comes grab with it, a yeah. grab it that will attach to the actual frame and it hangs off the back. So what I do is I carry some kind of way, like I carry a 30, 40 liter dry bag and I'll put all the shit inside that dry bag. That's pretty light. And I'll put it in the grab it on the outside of the pack and I'll put the meat in the main, mm. in the main bag. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. doable. Oh yeah. If you don't care about like, I think blood is like a, it's almost like a trophy, like get a little blood on the outside of the pack or I figured that about your coolers lately. <laughs> I borrowed. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> from Jake and I went to Texas and I opened oh, that fucker shit. up in Texas and it had elk blood from last fall. It was yeah. delightful. <laughs> it had been fermented. <laughs> Coagulated. It was uh violent. You're welcome for that. I appreciate give it. Give you a little excitement on your hey, trip. Let me borrow the coolers. I appreciate it. Okay. So weight cost, uh, capacity capacity would be important. And I notice, like I follow a lot of times Aaron Snyder will do his question Q and a mm. sessions. And I notice, so many guys ask him the questions. Hey, I'm going on a six day elk hunting trip in Colorado in November. Which pack will be best for that application? And what you're really asking is how much capacity do I need to get through that trip? And I think you probably always need a little more than you think you do. It's never the, the weight's never a concern there because you can get an extra 2000 cubes for actually like three ounces. Yeah. All the weights already there in the, mm -hmm. in the main parts. It is. But what I like, what I knew I could use a cutthroat is also comes back to experience. You need to get all your shit together and just try to put it in a pack. And, and I'm sure you have a pack if you, unless you're just starting, if you have a 4,000 cube pack and you put it in there and it's three quarters full mm -hmm. and your food's not in there, you're probably in trouble because yeah. how are you going to get everything out? But you'll notice along the way, like I know I know with a 4,000 cube pack, if I didn't have goats and I was going in, I could probably do three nights. Yeah. You got to kind of know what you're. You don't realize how volumous your fucking food is for, for each day. And it, it takes up the bulk of your pack. Of course, you know, you got a down bag, depending on the season you're going, if it's a shoulder season, your mm -hmm. bag might be a little thicker, all that good stuff. But capacity is important and guys don't really know what they need. And that's a good point that just get a fucking bag, go to REI. And I don't know, bring your shit into REI and try to fill it up or something. I don't know. I mean, you have borrow a pack, you have drive bags, you have all, you know, figure out liters or cubic inches and you can figure out what you're going to need. But you're, the food messes most people up because mm. they under pack. They don't know how much food volume they're going to take. And it mm. takes a lot. It does. And I hate shit hanging out of my pack. <clears throat> mm. So, but, and I don't have the lightest stuff in the world, but I do use a down bag. I can get three nights with 4,000 cubes, mm -hmm. especially I don't know why people don't have side pockets. Side pockets save your ass in space. And all those the are, time. those are fucking huge side pockets. I can put three fucking get jeans in one side. There you go. So I very mean, nice. You can anyways, if that's kind of like a, you have to fill that out for yourself because mm -hmm. you're throwing synthetic, synthetic uh, insulating jacket or you're throwing a synthetic backpack. 
you're fucked. You're going to fill that. You're going to fill 4,000 cubes in no time. Yeah. If you can't compress. Yeah. If he doesn't compress and people overpack, like I told you, they pack their fears and this isn't a, my thing, but I talked to Jake about this. What I do is if, if I pretty much write down everything I take, if I don't use it twice, I'm too, if I don't go out twice and I don't use that piece, I really think about, do I need that piece? Yeah. That isn't for me. That's from some backpacking. But thing. That's the only spreadsheet you ever made in your life. Oh, I have a running <laughs> spreadsheet. My shit don't change. I use the same basic stuff. Well, you've been doing year. it long enough. Yep. I don't have hardly change anything. for the new guy. Yep. You know, a spreadsheet for me, when I, we first started, I made a spreadsheet with some check boxes. So I didn't forget stuff. And, and it's also just as useful yep. for tracking stuff that, Hey, yeah, I brought this shit the last three times in a row. I don't remember using it. Yep. And we're gadget people. Like I am a gadget guy. You're a gadget guy. Mm-hmm. Like if I take two, like knives, like I know a guy that takes four fucking knives. I'm like, dude, what are you gonna do with four fucking know. knives? And, and that being said like that, uh, what is it? The, the title finisher, mm-hmm. so the title finisher, you can bring four replaceable. If you guys, if you guys don't use a replaceable blade knife to cut up an elk, that's the way to go. Yep. Any type of replaceable blade knife with four little blades and you know, you're good to go. Yeah. But, and, and on, on though, like the size thing, it's, your first time loading that backpack shouldn't be the first time you're about to step off. Yeah. You should be loading, seeing how stuff fits. I know how, how you are too. Fuck. Right. Ryan will have a trip scheduled out like, like the Selway, right? Like we mm-hmm. were, you and I were going through shit because we knew we were going to spike camp. So we're trying to figure out what we could, what we should bring to get the spike camp load light. And, and, and I really regret that being said, if you're going to climb 3,500 feet up into a rainstorm, you know, mm-hmm. that tarp that you saved fucking four ounces on over the tent, believe me, was not fucking worth it. No, nope. not fucking worth it. No, not at all. And don't tie your three. How many liter? It was six liter. Your bladder to the don't outside. tie your six liter water bag to the outside of your pack if you're going through the worst drainage ever made by God. Remember what I said? I said that's not good. That's, that's not, not a good, good to have spot on, for that. That's not a good oh spot to have God. on the out. Well, at least it didn't rip inside the pack. Yeah. yeah. Well, it wouldn't have. Yeah. Chances uh, are. I don't know. You <laughs> never know. Say. But I mean, that's that's half the fun <clears> though. <throat> that trip was fun, even though yeah, it was still. It was a memorable experience. That being said, fucking steep. <laughs> All right. Uh, load rating. So this goes back to when I said, if you go in REI, I can almost guarantee you any pack in REI was not designed for a hundred pound rear elk, elk quarter. Cause it just simply wasn't. Yeah. And let's be honest. When people give load rating, hundred pounds is a hundred pounds is a hundred pounds. They all suck. Mm-hmm. But if you take Kafari stone glacier, like I said, I'm not, those are the only two I've really used a lot lately. But it just carries the weight different. Yeah, like you, if you had a Gregory next to a cut through and you put these two on, you know, it'd be night and day difference for the same price. Well, and it comes, yeah, belts. Like if you look at a Kafaru belt, you look at an Exo belt, you look at a Stone Glacier belt, those belts are substantial. Mm-hmm. They're meant. When I first saw that the first time to the big ass lumbar pad, I was like, what is that going to do there? And it helps. And some people hate it. Yeah. But I don't. I leave the flat backers. If you got a super flat back and no ass, like you said, if your ass Mm -hmm. moves right into your back and there's no, there's no divot there, you might not like it. What's funny is Aaron has a no ass at all. Yeah. And, uh, does he use a thin, thinner pad there? He uses uses just like we're using, but if I don't have that, I instantly notice a small lumbar pad, Mm -hmm. but it's substantial. That thing is built to carry weight. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that, what, if you scroll up, Luke, it has like a weight. Um, I think it's like a hundred pounds or it says in there what it's optimal carrying for, I believe, but most all of them are going to carry a hundred ish pounds. Uh, yeah. Maybe it doesn't, but. And a real a rear elk quarter is fucking heavy. 
Well, the thing is, the lightest it's going to be is 75. Say so you boned it all out. Yeah. Plus, you're going to have your gun. You're going to have all the shit you went hunting with. Mm-hmm. And God forbid you might have a camp too. So you're going to be over 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That's, that's, why, that's why when Patrick's like, hey, I want to come with you guys. Oh, fuck yeah. Come haul some meat, baby. We got three elk tags to fill. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so throw that shit in a Gregory and roll nine, nine miles yeah, and see yeah. how it works. Yeah, exactly. I just, I guess the point is you shouldn't be buying your hunting pack at REI. If you can help it, if but I, help but I'll always say this: go hunting, even if it means you have to buy shitty gear to start to yeah. get the experience, and then you know what you need. Yeah. Okay, so material, material. We mentioned it several times. Material may be for uh, durability, for wa- waterproofness. Uh, you know, yep. with waterproofness, you give up breathability. With durability, you give up weight. And things like that. But if material is important to you, you know, all these packs can be made of, of different, like what's the, uh, is it X pack? X pack. Uh, yeah. X pack material. If you see the, the lighter tan kind of grid stop looking, uh, material, it is, it's not waterproof. It's water resistant. Water. It's here's the deal. I've hunted in North Idaho my whole life. Really wet conditions. It's a mini rainforest. I hunted Northwest Montana a lot my whole life. I've never had a problem with, with pack leakage like everybody keeps claiming. If it gets torrential downpour, I always have a tr- contractor bag. I throw it on top of it. Mm-hmm. So this whole... And put your sleeping bag in a waterproof yeah, bag. Put the shit that you need to live off of, you know, the vital in a waterproof bag. Mm-hmm. But I've never... Re- Rockslide makes all these problems <laughs> that I've never ran into in my life. Yeah, A contractor bag, not even over the bag. I just put it on the top. So, cause you know, it doesn't pool on the top mm-hmm. with a 500 D, which is not waterproof. It's, yeah. They say it's water resistant, but it's not waterproof. Yeah. I've never had a problem with a pack wetting out. I have a, a pack cover and it was from this. I think the company, the dude was in like Oregon. He made stupid light sill nylon type of covers, little mm-hmm. stretchy band around. I can't remember the name of the guy, but you know, it's like three ounces that'll cover that too. You know, it's not. Oh, you can, yeah, they all, yeah. and every, every company makes them or they have, you know, the generic ones that go over them. I mm-hmm. think the fire research generic, I know Stone Glacier and Exo have them. You just have to, when you're worried about getting wet and all that, like if it, just picture yourself walking through the woods, right? And all of a sudden the torrential downpour comes, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep walking? Are you going to stop and get your tent out and get in there and hide? Like what would be, I don't like wet. I don't like no. cold. No, no, most people don't. Unless I am walking out to yeah. go home or packing meat, I will stop and exactly and fucking. If you have some more yep. days left, you're yep. gonna stop and try to stay as fucking yep. dry as possible. I so picture can. yourself when you mm-hmm. when you got your pack. Picture yourself all of a sudden it starts pouring rain. What are you gonna do? Put your tent in that spot to get to it. Put your rain gear in that spot. Put your pack cover in the right spot because it will happen. It just fucking yes. rains out of nowhere. Yeah, I always carry a tarp. And if it's raining that hard, I just get underneath that tarp. Mm-hmm. When we do another part of this, I'll talk about down because that's also one of the most overhyped thing I've ever heard about wetting out down. Okay. Backpacks. That was material. Now we're going to talk about pockets. <laughs> yeah. Pockets can be important to a lot of people. If, if you are the gear junkie yeah. or you like to be organized pockets are important. I've had packs that was just one giant main bag. And then you're going to have a bunch of little mini little zipper deals. I think they call them pullouts at Kafaru, but yeah. you're going to have a bunch of little deals knowing which one is which and how to get to them. That kind of goes pockets kind of goes with access. You know, some packs will have some type of zipper where you can get into the bottom of the pack mm-hmm. instead of having to go all the way from the top. So this may be important to you, you know, as you're picking your pack. 
you know, pockets and access. Yeah. I'm not a pocket guy. Like if you go back to the original long hunter I talked about, it was basically a fucking big old bag with some harness straps on it. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like pullouts and I'm not the organized, most organized guy, but I do not like tons of pockets. I rather use the pullouts and then I just use different 550 colors. Like I always have my first aids in the orange bag. Mm-hmm. Just always have, always will. And then I use like the blue is like. I've seen your first aid kit. It's like a fucking band aid. No. One band aid. It's my, I got some band aids. Tanya usually hooks me up with the first aid kits, but I got ibuprofen, probably some edibles and. Uh, so, Hey, sometimes you gotta, you gotta mellow out. Right. Never know. And then, um, I don't really have a huge first aid kit unless Tanya, Tanya, like I do carry an EpiPen in the early part in case of uh, bees. Yeah. But anyways, I just are you color- allergic to bees. No, but you never know when you are. Cause it changes a lot. Oh, like my wife is a kind of a hypochondriac about that. Yeah. Every three years, your body chemistry changes and you could be. Hmm. And your first thing doesn't mean nothing. It's the second one. An EpiPen can be a fucking lifesaver. That's yeah. for sure. And I just color cord those. Actually, I learned it wasn't most of the shit I picked. I'm not the guy that thinks up all this. I pick up from other people, but I color code it with the pull strap is something else. Like my f- headlamps are all in blue. And then I have a green one. That's all the knives are in. Hmm. So when I grab it, I don't have to fucking unzip it. Yeah. And look, I can just look at the cord. Yeah. Okay. So pockets what, what and access. You? What are you? Uh, you a pocket guy or a pullout guy? I like at least. <laughs> I like at least at least a pocket on my belt, and one pocket on the outside. That would be where the 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 shit paper goes. Um, a headlamp. You're always going to be like as you're walking. If you start off in the dark, which almost all the time when you're all cutting, you start in the dark, and then you end up taking shit off. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're on a roll. Stopping and taking your pack off fucking sucks. Absolutely. If you're getting some, if you're trying to get somewhere by, by first light, it's always that right time when Mason's like, I got to take a shit, dad. I'm like, Fuck man. Shit at the yeah. tent. Or I hate the, the pet peeve of mine is, you know, you're going to sweat. So don't fucking wear all your shit. Yeah, don't start. start with five fucking yeah. jackets on yeah. because five minutes in, you're going to be sweating your ass off. Like yep. just be a little cold when you start because you're going to warm right up, baby. Yep. I always start in a base layer because I know my fat ass is going to start sweating. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. So, uh, so I like at least a belt pocket so that you can rock something on or off while you're walking. And then something at the outside that somebody could grab something out for you, whether it be shit paper or whatever. Of course, you're going to you're gonna take your pack off taking a shit. Yeah. But Another pump for the cutthroat has the perfect shit paper pocket. It does. That little hole. Yep. Yes. It also has, what's that other pocket, that vertical one? What do you call that? Well, I call it a cunt pocket, but I don't know what people, <laughs> that's the correct term. I think that's where the spotting spo- scope supposed to go, which yep. is actually one of my things uh, coming up next year would be sp- uh, room for a big, a-, a lot of guys have big ass spotting scopes. It'll fit a 95. I put mine in there. Yeah. And you need somewhere to put it. I will tell you after having a big ass spotting scope and ordering that ATC, I, I, I keep thinking I'm going to say it wrong. That little <laughs> ATC is pretty fucking badass. And it's, I've used it over there. Elk hunting. It is. For what it is, it yeah. outkicks its coverage. It's pretty badass. Yeah, and you always get that guy, well, oh, it's only a 40 pound. I'm going to have my rifle. I may as well just look through my rifle. You're not pulling your rifle scope out to look at animals. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is, <clears throat> I mean, I, if you know it's now. We should never just point your rifle willy-nilly at things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that little mini, if you're in the market and you're deciding like ATX or ATC, ATC would be the way to go. Yeah, and there's a review coming out with that spotter against a couple others, and it did fantastic. Right. Really? 
on rockslide.com rockslide.com hydration this is kind of uh some guys just fucking love their bladders and they will never get away from a bladder i can't stand a bladder i'm with you i love but this 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 is an option that you're looking for in a pack though whether or not it may have a hydration sleeve inside maybe porting to some guys maybe it doesn't even have a hole for a hose to come through you know so if these are important to you those are features you want to look for uh, my preference nowadays would be hard side hydration, which whether you have a standard Nalgene or even a smart water bottle, they have a hose cap system that you buy separately and it's phenomenal. Swig rig. Swig rig. We carry those on unknownmunitions.com and they're in our retail store if you want to come check them out. And the cool thing about those is they're really fucking hard to break because I get on this argument at Rockside all the time is I have probably destroyed 10 bladders. Just like you, mm-hmm. just, and not only that, they freeze and then they'll break. Yeah. And that happens, you know, that crossover in October, November, like we know in, in Montana, that'd have been fucking worthless because it was mm-hmm. so cold mm-hmm. to where you're not going to break that Nalgene. You'll mm-hmm. have to mess with the straw, mm-hmm. but it's a lot easier to fucking un, you know, dethaw a straw than a whole damn bladder. Mm-hmm. So the blad, that swig rig is pretty freaking cool. It takes yeah. a little bit of adjustment to get used to it. Yeah. But uh, last year I used it more than I thought I was going to. Well, like on the cutthroat, you can have a Nalgene or a smart water on the side pocket of your backpack, run the hose up and through and have it right next to your mouth. And you don't have to have a bladder inside your pack. Yep. A lot of people freak out too, that having water in your pack with the potential for failure and water to soak all your gear. Yep. So if you're a nervous Nelly like that, this would be a better option for yep. you also. And having that Nalgene is just easier to fill up. It's easier to do the, if you treat your water, wide, wide mouth, wide mouth, it's easier to filter with that shit. Mm. Those black, you know, collapsing. And I, I don't know. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you should go buy one. Yeah. yeah. Then you can, uh, like if you do the smart water, I like smart water bottles. Not really sure why. Maybe the long, skinny shape, or you can get a liter and a half one, or the fact that they're free and you throw them away. Or and they came out with a thing that screws right on top. Exactly. Of it. Yeah. So you can get a liter and a half smart water bottle for whatever at the gas station, and just spin this guy right on there. And then if you have a a Gravity Works water filter from Platypus, that'll also screw right onto the smart water. So you can unscrew your bladder hose, screw on the Gravity Works deal from is it Platypus? I think it's platypus. Platypus gravity works. And then they have like a four liter version, yeah. whatever. This is a, this is a water filtration system where you have a dirty bag and you scoop up four liters of water, you hang it up and gravity draws the water down through a filter and then right into your bottle. Pretty easy setup. It's got a little strap on it. So you, you fill it with that four liters and you hang it up on a tree, put your pack down below it and it literally refills your bottle for you. It's pretty badass. You know the coolest thing about the smart bottle water. Huh? is you don't forget about your water and then you go take a drink and it tastes like ass because it's been in there for a month. Uh, I'm, I've never done that, but just thinking about it. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. Uh, we talked body scope, waterproof. Uh, we kind of discussed that already too. Loudness. Loudness was something that I saw in a review that was kind of interesting. If you are an archery hunter, it may be important to you the loudness of the backpack. And kafarus are not quiet. In any way. Hunting with a stick bow for six straight years. I've never had a problem with loudness. Okay. I even shot an elk with a freaking puffy on. So I, I understand we're not, it depends on what you're hunting, but if you're white tail hunting, chances are you're in a tree stand. You're not packing around a backpack, mm-hmm. but most people are going to take their backpack off and yeah, they're going to go on their stock and do their thing. So I'm, I'm sure there's an outlier that I don't know about, or you mm-hmm. don't know about, but it's not a consideration for me. Yeah. 
Uh, stiffness, we covered that pretty good, but we like a stiff bag. We like uh, we like the bag itself not to move independently of the frame. Of course, no there's going to be a tiny bit of movement there, but. Yeah, well, and it's more of a flex. It's flexing. Mm-hmm. I don't want any flex. Mm-hmm. I want it as rigid as can be. Next one was bag versus frame or or the combination thereof, which you would call an internal frame. Internal frame means the frame is built onto the pack and the two don't come apart. I think I'm on the outside looking in. Most people want a frame. I want a good internal frame. And you save some weight there. Oh, absolutely. A couple pounds, maybe. A pound at the a pound at, at the, the minimum. least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rifle carry options. Now I didn't, this is another thing. You won't see it fucking REI, but you don't think a lot about how you're going to carry this long ass bolt rifle on your pack or on your person when you're hunting. And depending on how far you have to walk in, uh, I, I was a little privy to good information cause I got to see Ryan use the gun bearer from Kafaru and I haven't seen a better option since, but I will say, like if you've already gone in and you killed your animal, everything's, I like to put the rifle like up on the side of the pack. If you don't have overhead issues, you're worried about mm-hmm. just because it's easier than having it here on the side of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess having it on the front in the gun bearer also kind of gives you some counterbalance weight a little bit, but that gun bearer from Kafaru, I have not seen a better option to carry a rifle than that. Nope. And there is a learning curve. Like when you first put it on there, you're probably not going to like it. <laughs> Well, what I learned from Ryan, I'll just say it because I know how all the time for me, the rifle wanted to flip mm-hmm. and go scope down towards the ground as I'm walking. And then what I learned from Ryan is you put it in the gun bearer backwards, upside down, upside down with the scope towards the ground and then rotate it clock. If you're right handed and the rifles on the right, rotate the rifle rifle clockwise and it gives a wrap on the bottom buttstock carry portion before you lock it into the strap holder. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the best things I've learned from you, actually. That was <laughs> that was a mud that used to drive me uh, fucking crazy. Yeah, and I don't I just one day I thought, well man, I don't this won't move if I force it that way. Yeah. And oh, it uh, works. Oh, I love a gun bear. And you can use a gun. They have a universal gun bear. You can yeah. use it on any backpack out there. Kafaru has one that fits into their Molly, but they also have a universal that'll fit any backpack on the mm-hmm. market. And uh, I, I won't, can't live without it. I even actually use it now to stabilize my optics when I'm hiking around. You use the barrel of your gun. You yeah. Can suck it in. Yeah. Sometimes when you get, you know, I, I find myself, I'll put my arm up and like lean it on the scope or yep. like inside the rifle like this and just kind of hold it there for a minute. Um, but yeah, it is nice to have it there. That gets to like carrying rifles. We talked about another podcast we didn't put out about folding stocks. Uh-huh. And I wanted to bring that up because yeah, yeah. you said it and I never thought about it till you said it. I've had a folding stock pretty much the last four years and never fucking used it one time. Yeah. And I don't know if you have or you've used one or. Uh, I've carried it, haven't used it. We talked about it being another point of failure, but I will say the latest craze for rifle builds definitely is a short barreled rifle with a foldable stock or chassis guys are really into the idea of being able to drop that down into their pack to stick it on the side of their pack and i get it and if you use it that's great um just i I think that the fact that we're used to the gun bearer it doesn't matter if it folds or not because we're going to choose to carry it that way yeah maybe in a motorcycle or horse application the folding stock would come in handy but for what i've done i haven't used it yeah so something to think about uh, organization goes back to, you know, pockets, options. You know, if, if I think back to that Z packs that I started with, there wasn't any options really for pockets or anything like you didn't have the option. The nice thing about Kafaru is that there's fucking Molly 
everywhere and they offer a variety of pockets and lids uh, that can increase your backpack's capacity and give you options for storage. Uh, so organization may be extremely important to some people. Yes. Some people, it's got to be dress right dress. And as you will from me, it does not have to be. Yeah. We'll make it work. Uh, load lifters, you covered that pretty good. And the last thing I have on here is political party. <laughs> well, I don't know. what. what... <laughs> I just I just thought that, you know, I'm not a big political guy. I mean, I get the whole uh, liberal ideology, mm -hmm. all this kind of shit, but I, I don't consider myself a, like, I didn't know mediator was this big group of liberal guys. And like, I don't know much about it as you do. And I thought by putting political party here, they may have been a backpack manufacturer, you know, and this, this in today's day and age, this may be important to who people choose to give their money to and who they support. Right. But there are certain manufacturers that are known to be uh, very supportive of the hunting industry in general. And then there are those that, even though they look the part, they in fact do not support hunting the way everybody thinks they do. That was my perspective. The only one that I know that is probably leans a little left is Seek Outside. Mm -hmm. Like 100% makes backpacks. And they, the only reason you know that is they did, they've done podcasts with people that are left leaning uh -huh. and agreed with those left leaning peoples to where. If you go, I mean, I don't know each individual company, but I know for a fact, Kafaru, Stone Glacier, I'm pretty damn sure EXO, you know, Kuyu. I mean, Kuyu's in, San in California, so we don't really know, but I'm imagining they're going to, uh, they're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. And that's hunters. I did, uh, I did see Steve Ranella and the Meat Eater guys. They rocked the EXO packs. They're, they're, they're pretty much using everything they've used stone glacier like okay jordan bud working with them now she's still using a kafaru and a stone glacier but it's a it's a hard place to be if you're going to not support 2a mm -hmm. and be in the hunting genre it's just counterproductive so i'd say most of them political leanings are right but who knows i would also say something that i've learned is that don't like for example if you have a completely Kuyu outfit, Kuyu Vias, fucking top to bottom, and you're looking at a pack, don't let that influence your decision. Go with what I've learned is to just go with the best gear that's made for that for that piece of gear. In other words, if you're looking at a, a, a down jacket, don't just buy the down jacket to match your sit cassette because it's the one that that they make, you know. When 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 I see Ryan, he's got 42 different shades of rainbow on. And, you know, and it's because it's because each piece of gear, right. you know, is good for you in whatever way. You know, you're not just buying it to buy it. We Even if it was just matching, uh, what do you call it? Rain gear, matching rain gear. Maybe the top and the bottom of the rain gear. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a bottom from Sitka and a top from Kuyu that are the best in their class. We've talked about this before. But if you get your advice from somebody that wears all the same brand, how does that person know what's the best if he's just rocking Sitka or just rocking Kuyo? If he's head to toe in fucking first light, how does he know if there's something better? Mm -hmm. So how is he going to tell you if something's better mm -hmm. to where I like to talk to people that use everything yeah. and have a collection of everything? Because chances are also, in, if you're in the hunting industry and that dude is rocking all whatever brand X, 
He's either getting it for free or getting a discount or getting paid by them some way to say this stuff is awesome. That's how the game is played. Mm -hmm. So be careful who you listen to. And that's what you're going to get from the series though, is you're going to get uh, real life opinions. We're not sponsored. It's the same thing with Ryan and Rockside. You know, this is going to be whatever the best rain pant right. is or tell you what the best rain pant is. It's not going to be because it matches the rest of the shit. It doesn't take very long to be on rock side. Yep. We have advertisers. Advertisers pay us. But if you look at the agreement, they pay that when it says in bold letters, Robbie wrote it up. You're not buying a review. You're buying advertisements mm-hmm. and it doesn't take very long to go and look on rock side. You can look at the drop test on the scopes. There's people that come and advertise with us that don't do well in the drop test. So if we were in bed with those companies, we would be yanking those reviews mm. and we, or we wouldn't even post them mm. right now. There's a, there's a company that advertises with us that's having a problem with a warranty. If we were in bed with that company, we would yank those threads. We don't, mm. we do a review and there were only only places in the world where you can go and have a conversation with the person that wrote the review and tell him why he's wrong. Mm-hmm. We don't delete those. So it's as unbiased as you can get, no matter what other people tell you. Yeah. That's why I'm excited about the rest of it. We're going to do this, follow along this series with all the different types of gear. And Ryan is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to gear in the field and, and actual days in the field. He's lucky enough to get to spend more days in the field than anybody I've ever met. And, uh, and he'll share that information with us. So that's what I'm looking forward to. But this was good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, so go buy a backpack and go hunting. Yeah, go buy a backpack. And it does, like, like we said, it doesn't have to be Kafaru. That's just what we have experience with. Uh, I would say that if I was going to try something different today, I'd like to try on that XO. Is it K4? Yep. K4. Yeah. yeah. K4. The new XO K4. Just hearing from so many guys that you would trust for information. That seems to have a lot of good reviews. There is a bunch of Justin Crosley mm-hmm. and he's used a lot of backpacks. Mm-hmm. He says it's fantastic. Yeah. Brad Brooks, Margali. I talked to him about that. He said it's a fantastic pack. Yeah. You know, so the thing is you, that's the hardest part about it is you have to put them on your back. Yeah. So you either have to go through the process of ordering it all, putting it on. Then you find out shit. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. I'm sure that most of them are pretty good with returns and size oh, changes. And all that kind of shit. Yeah. You have to be, if you're a direct to consumer with something that you wear on your body. Yeah, backpacks. Mm. I've thought way too much in my life about backpacks. <laughs> Anything else? I'm ready. That was good. All right. Again, please go leave us a review. We're coming up to give a giveaway for this month. We're going to start giving something away every month if you leave us a review. Hopefully, I'm not going to say you have to leave a good review, but you know, don't waste your time on a bad one. <laughs> And if you have any information or what we what we lied about or what uh, what we told you the truth about, get a hold of us at podcast at shoottohunt.com. And uh, you can also DM us at, sh- at shoottohunt on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.